Hey, what's up, Cosmetic family? Thanks for joining us on the Cosmetic Podcast. Cosmetic means being the personal thing that gives rise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energizing. We're tackling topics and telling the truth. Hey, I'm Keith Fenson. And I'm Rodrigo Ross. And today, our topic is help wanted. Help wanted. Man, we've seen these signs all over the place. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's millions of jobs that's out there, Mm -hmm. but there's a huge shortage in workers. And there's a lot of different beliefs of why that shortage is out there. And we're going to talk about... Uh, multiple different things uh, around the shortage of workers there. But we know that supply chain, that disruption, that's just, you know, uh, the boat is, you know, the product right, is Right, everything there. is on a boat, uh, right? Like, that, everything well, is on a boat these days. But can't, I'm just wondering, like, can somebody just take another boat, just ride to there? To the boat? And, like, and I'm sure they got, the like, let me get my item <laughs> off of... Can I take my boat to the boat and get what I need, please? <laughs> like, get my Amazon baggage? Hey, I, I'm willing to pay a little bit extra <laughs> for that. I don't even need a worker for that. I go get my own boat, right? It's like... Valet, you know what? Just give me the keys. I'll go get my own car. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, but this the, this market is man, it's it's it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so many people are looking for jobs here in the YMCA. We have open uh, positions. I mean, our workforce is eighty five percent of our workforce is part time. Right, and so we have to just thrive on hiring uh, qualities of part time staff. And, you know, we've been fortunate. I think in some areas, yes, we do see the shortage, but you know, as our programs are coming back strong, uh, we're able to. Uh, host all of our programs. You know, we haven't had to shut down a program because right, of shortage. Right, right. You know, and, and that's very real. I mean, there have been restaurants that I've gone to that have been shut down because they don't have enough staff. Um, I have been to stores where they don't have registers open. And even in the self-help lines, you know, you have to have someone man those and, and they don't have staff. Like, in P- there are businesses that are being severely impacted by this shortage of workers. Yeah, and, and there's some creativity that has to go in there. So we'll talk about, like, how should you be maintaining workers uh, mm. during this time? Because retention is very, very real. Um, I mean, you talk about the restaurants. I was out at a restaurant, and, you know, I, go, I went in to put my name down. And, you know, before I came in, there was a lot of people on the patio that were waiting. When I came inside, I saw at least a third or more of the restaurant that was empty. Mm. And I'm scratching my head. I'm like, well... Why are there people outside working? I mean, waiting, and then there's tables in here. And I asked for that. Sorry, sir, we just don't have enough people to work. Wow. So you didn't have anybody to say that you wanted a glass of ice water and a separate glass of ice. Somebody else to confuse. Uh, well, we're gonna. Well, I eventually got my table. I did ask for that. But the but the crazy part is that. We're at a place right now that a school district closed down. The Midlothian School District yep. in Texas yep. closed down yeah. because they did not have enough teachers. And bus drivers couldn't even get the kids to school. So they literally had to shut down a day of instruction I mean, for I, kids. If I'm a superintendent for to get to that point right there. That's critical. That is critical. That's like right emergency there. ice storm, snowmageddon. 300 degrees kind of inclement weather and it's, decisions. It, it, this ain't nothing to do with weather because it's uh, 70 some degrees outside right now. It's very right nice, now. actually. Yeah. It's very so, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so this labor shortage, you know, there's a lot of data that's out there that shows that, you know, workers are willing to even walk away from jobs now because you hear, what's this, the, the great uh, resignation. The great resignation. We, we will find a name for something, right? We will find the a name for something. great resignation, but it, it's... It's appropriate. And, you know, I, I, some of it I wonder, right? The, 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 
the the thing that happened in the pandemic that no one really thought would happen, right? This is just my opinion. You had so many people who were underemployed, right? Working in really low wage jobs because they really didn't have any other choice. And then the pandemic hit and then they got this support and they got this help and they began to get checks that were probably closer to a livable wage. Like I have heard story on top of story of people who actually had more money during the pandemic than they had when they worked every day full time. And so for those people, they're like, you know what? I deserve better. I can't go backwards. Like it's possible. I I don't want to go backwards. I can't go backwards. I'm doing better if I stay here and, and participate in these kinds of programs. And so they are just not settling for 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 some of those roles. Like the pandemic really taught people how to be resourceful in a different kind of way, I think. And when you talk about being resourceful for, you know, there's some of that is that you so one is that they're getting the check, but then also the entrepreneurial spirit came out a lot. Yeah, folks. well, you sure and, right about that. Yeah. You know, they began to yep. find different ways to make additional to make money. money. And ways know. that were more satisfying, right? Yep. Like some yep. people also realized they really didn't know how toxic their work environments were and they mm-hmm. really just in some instances some people just like dang I really hated that job yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and they yeah. just can't bear the idea of going back unfortunately some people are just like I, I can't I, I just I, I my mental health has been impacted in such a way by the pandemic I am not going to compound that by going back to a job or in a profession that makes me just unhappy so doing looking at some of the research in this you know there was over 10 million job openings all right so this is a, a article that I was reading in August it was over 10.4 million job openings mm-hmm. there, right mm-hmm. and then um, there was 4.3 million people that just walked away from jobs just said eh, I'm out and so I mean when you think about the pandemic um, you know it, it created a lot of uh, situations where people had to like you said be resourceful mm-hmm. that's part of that so one we you know there, there's some income that's coming in from the government uh, there's some income that's coming in from the entrepreneurship spirit that individuals have and so when you take both of those incomes and now that there's opportunity to be able to come back to work people are hesitating just a little bit to think about that mm. now here Here's another one is that when we think about uh, this pandemic, people got used to being at home for this period of time. Yeah. And then people are also at the end of their careers. And then it's like, "Mm, let me come back to the office. And people are, you know, like come back to the office, stay at home, Mm, retire, Mm, retire. Yeah. And, you know, so a lot of people are taking these um, these early retirements and doing quite well with that. I mean, when you start to look at your pensions, your 401s and all that stuff and you start to do the math and it's like, all right, I I think I might be able to live right now. You know, but I I just wonder, right? This says this issue, just as you said that it occurred to me. I wonder in 15 years or so, 15, 20 years or so, will there be an influx of people back into the market because folks are living way longer, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so will those very same retirements and pensions be able to sustain folks in in a lifestyle that they've become accustomed to for as long as their their natural lives now? Or will they be forced to re-enter the workforce 
maybe in another 15 or 20 years because the money didn't stretch like they thought it would. Well, I think they will probably definitely find some way to work themselves back into work. Into to something, right? Of something of their passion. I think that could be very mm, real. Well. Uh, I just had lunch with a um, gentleman. He's a communications director. And he has to talk with uh, um, HR a lot. And there was a gentleman that was 35 years old. Yeah. Uh, single. Uh, yep. No kids. And he walked in and said, um, "Hey, y'all, I'm I'm out." And they was like, "What? What? What are you talking about? What? I mean, what do we need to get you to stay? Nah, I'm 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 ready to leave. Mm-hmm. But so look, show us the offer that you got from the other company. Hey, we'll be willing to match that. But there is no offer. There's no huh? offer. I'm gonna take a year off. Uh, so he, he talked to my friend and told him he's gonna take a year off. And this guy said, like, you know, I'm gonna go over to Italy. Um, I just want to find out, you know, what's what's my purpose, you know, wow. what I, what I want to do in wow. in life. Thirty five years old and doing wow. this because he's had enough money saved up, so to be able to make this decision, yep. to be able to do that, yeah. Uh, and, and then in a the pandemic, he probably got used to some things that he did without that before the pandemic. You just don't even because oh, I can't do without this. I can't do without this. Right. Turns out you can. Y- yep. Right. Yep. yep. And and so. Dang, just 35 yeah. years old, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm over this. And I think people wow. may have come to a place, you know, some people in the position he's in, he's worked at, to a level that he's had a decent income mm. and saved, saved well. But then on the other side, when we talk about the folks who were getting checks from the government, we talk about them having an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, they've saved up a nest egg yep. so that maybe I don't have to come, I don't have to come back to work right now. Right. Or they still, figured out how to really make their business yeah. go sustainable. Yeah. I, you know, I know some other data that's out there in terms of people becoming entrepreneurs during this time I mean that has just raised tremendously right there and so mm. people are are figuring it out some yeah. type of way you know I think the other thing that's occurring is from the employer standpoint before I th- unfortunately some people just thought it would be nice to do certain things right to keep your employees happy it, it would be uh, added valuable uh, added value but it wasn't a priority. Well, now you you got to really work and be intentional about being an employer of choice because folks do have a choice, right? right? And so what does that look like? That looks like making sure that you have job security. Are you financially stable? And is there a lot of turnover in your company for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. It could be culture. It could be workloads. It could be whatever it is. But if, if you're not offering a work environment that offers some job security, people are like, mm, that's okay. If, if you're not um, an organization that empowers and gives your, your employees authority to make decisions, to be responsible and how they do their jobs. Like if you're nickeling and diming how they do something as opposed to what they do. And in some instances, yes, that's very important on how you do something. Like if you're putting together critical medical equipment and, you know, you want to make sure that the person is doing it right. But in, in most instances, People, unfortunately, got into the habit of micromanaging and I want you to do this and I want you to do it that way. And there were very low levels of trust and people just felt put upon. And if you're not creating this space of empowerment and authority, 
people are like, eh. If, if respect is not a value set for your organization, if you allow certain people to talk to other people or you create these toxic environments or you don't address some of the things that are going on in the workplace, if there's no opportunity for growth, if people don't have access to information, right? Transparency mm-hmm. is key mm-hmm. now. Like mm-hmm. this whole need to know ideology that some organizations have, eh, you're going to have to work around that because um, employees are like, nah, that's not okay um commitment involvement and leadership development right Mm -hmm, like if you're not mm -hmm. offering people a way to to stay on their learning edge to grow to learn to interact um then they're not you know they're not interested in the the thing that pops up the most work life balance Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. people have learned to become productive and, and data is starting to show us in many instances more productive in the pandemic than they were with going to an office, sitting in their space every day because they're they're allowed to work in a way that's most efficient for them. And so many, you know, um, leaders and, and, and folks in managerial positions are looking to, okay, we're going to go back to the nine to five. You come in, you sit in this chair, you stay in that chair. And, and folks are like, no, nah, I'm good. I want to work in my pajamas and my fuzzy slippers. Right? You got the same amount of work out of me, right? Like, I I still accomplished all the tasks that needed to be accomplished and I didn't have to put on any clothes that felt uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a fine balance to that all because all positions can't work from home. There There's some right. need to, right. whether that's in the office, whether that's in the fact, whatever the case may be, there's some need and balance um, balance for, for that right there. Uh, but this is a time also where the leaders, key leaders, what they can do is take the time to listen to their employees. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I mean, it's, it, it's within that conversation, whether that is a formal conversation, whether that is an informal conversation, mm-hmm. as far as how to shape your decisions moving forward in your organization. If that's one of those things, one of the things are whether you're going to be at home or whether you're going to be in the office, that's part of the conversation. But hear from people and see how maybe that can work because that still is... Uh, I mean, we've been doing it for a while, and so it's not "quote unquote" new, new, uh, but in the a volume of what it is, it's kind of new to folks because, like, everybody had to do that at some level. And there's still companies out there that are not back in and not just talking to a buddy of mine today, and he said they're not going back until you know mid January. Here it is, wow. you know, November, uh, you know, right right now. Um, but you know, take the time just to listen to folks in order for, to make decisions because some decisions. Have had to be made really quick when we opened up the pandemic. Yeah. And they, you know, things have been flushed out a little bit now. Things begin to settle in, in some ways. But there's still some vibe out there that I think can help shape direction of organizations if they will hear from all of their employees, not just from, you know, top leadership. And then, you know, in the process of doing that right there, how are we looking out for the mental health of our uh, mm. of our team members? Right. Yeah. And providing them with some different um, um, resources. Uh, I heard Michelle Obama say, you know, she had a low grade of depression. And when I heard that on a podcast. Podcast, man, that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. While I'm not a person that suffers from depression, there's been some times and periods, you know, with all of this that been a little bit down on on some things. And Absolutely. it's like, how do you process that those things right there? And so there's all different levels around the mental health. You know, it may even be worthwhile of even launching a well-being ERG. We have mm-hmm. different ERGs for, for different things. You know, maybe it's an opportunity to be able to launch something around the mental health space or the well-being space right there for people 
for employees employees to be able to buy into a little bit and have some conversation. I love that. And I love the normalizing of just saying out loud, like, yeah, you know, this this pandemic is hit different. You know, somebody mistook they um asked me one time if I was Michelle Obama. Like they mistook me for Michelle Obama. That happened. You know, and then another um <laughs> It could happen. It could happen. It happened. But I, 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 I hear what you're saying. So the other thing, too, about this this hiring thing is that most of the perspective that I see really is putting the onus or the reasoning behind the shortage on the employee. But once again, I have to go back to say, is this really a reckoning for employers who probably weren't doing their their best and putting their best foot forward pre-pandemic? And they've made these decisions. Like you said, people had to make decisions, make quick decisions. But are you still trying to uphold those quick decisions that was based on historical data as opposed to putting into place policies, practices, and procedures that are relevant for our new reality? For 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 as many times as I as I've heard people saying, I just want things to go back to the way they were. The reality is that will never happen. It never. will never ever 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 in never, our lives never, ever, ever again ever, be never. October the thirty first, twenty twenty, right? Or any random day. It's gone. It's in the past. Let it go. It's fine. We've moved on. And so, what is the next evolution for your organization? Like, how do you create these spaces where people will flock and want to come? And work for you, and it's not always about money. Right. It's it, it it it's it's absolutely not always about money. You know, I will say when when I worked uh, in South Dallas, compared to some of their coworkers, the team that I had the amazing opportunity to serve, they were not paid the same. Like on the scale, they were on one end of the scale, and maybe their counterparts who were doing the same things in other places were paid on the other end of the scale. But I had very low turnover. Um, we we weren't always in the business of looking for people because there were other things that you bring to the workplace that was 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 really the 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 thing, the deciding factor for those folks. But the other intangibles, the feeling, the opportunities, the camaraderie, the ability to you know to to see this and do this and experience that and that whole you know what I'm saying. It's not just money. Mm-hmm. So I don't want folks to and even if you're an employee don't don't fall down that rabbit hole of just chasing money right um because right. yeah there was some studies that was out there that was done and some articles that was reading and uh what i found interesting was they talked about how the marketing and the human resource department should work more collaborative together mm-hmm. and because people were looking for not just they wanted the external and the internal to look the same okay. and feel and what i mean by that is that externally your company says you're about xyz yep but internally people's like mm, yeah that's what they say to y'all but they but you know it's so marketing and, and human resource how do you guys are working together to build a brand of the organization again mm. internally as well as externally because say because they say that brands that align themselves with connection progress and a commitment to employee development they're viewed more positively from the employee side as well as 
as from the consumer side. And so when we talk about connection, it is how employees that they really love the, their brand, they care about you know their company, yeah. and it's something that inspires them to even want to come in to, to work. You know, so they tied into the mission, the values of, of that organization. And then we talk about progress. It is delivering on those employees' need for the progress, meaning that convincing them that their company products or their services they have a positive value not only to to themselves but also to to society uh, overall. And then the whole part about commitment to employee development. You know mm-hmm. that is. You know, I, I want to grow in this. I like this company. I like what it stands for. You know, I like the folks that are around here. I want to grow in this company. So how do I, how do you help me develop ourselves? And I think yeah. about our organization here in Dallas, and we have what's called Advancing Your Leadership Potential, mm-hmm. and how we uh, right now kind of select what we see as those emerging leaders and want to pour into them, invest in them, yep. you know, over an entire year so they can be ready for that next role. And it's whatever that next role may be. Mm-hmm. You may want to stay in your role, but we want you to become greater in that role. And so here's some some tools, here's some training, here's some investment inside of you to help you be able to grow to that next level. So yeah. you got to look at all those areas. So uh, just as you said that, I was reading an article that is introducing this concept that some companies are finding themselves really trying to flesh out um, since the pandemic. And it's called a performance culture. Okay. So a performance culture is when an employer finds a way to tie performance and the interests of the employee together, right? And so they use something called a variable compensation system that rewards you based on your performance and this pre-agreed upon job plan, not necessarily um, your job your job title or what you're doing in the organization, if that makes sense, right? And so, for instance, if you come in as a child care director, mm-hmm. um, right now, many companies say, if you're a child care director and this is the standard um, job description, everybody in that in that role and with that title will fall somewhere on this scale, right? Mm-hmm. But this variable compensation system says, if you're a child care director and you come in, there's a base for everyone but based on how you are making the organization the organization better, how you're flourishing, how you're 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 doing more and being better, um, your compensation is commensurate of that. And so there could be a child care director who is making considerably more one to the other, but that's because they're contributing more, right, to the bottom line and to the into the excellence of the organization. And there are lots of people who find that intriguing because they're like, you know what? I can go in there and grind and I control what I make as opposed to the employer to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Controlling what I make and no matter how hard I work, but then my counterpart may be just barely skating by. We make the same money? Like, where, where's that there? Mm. Well, I make people get the hustle on. I'm telling you, hustle game will be on 10. Because as I thought of that, I said, I tell you what, my work day might look a little different. Yeah. We talk about variable compensation. Put a little financial compensation, man. I, I work a little bit harder. Mm, I'm doing 27 hour days. Yeah, you know, so we're talking about help wanted today. And uh, like you said, there's millions of jobs across the country that are there. There's uh, all of us have products sitting out there on the sea right now that we're trying to get to. So yep. we need to hire some 
folks to, they, to where, make where they happen. sitting? They, <laughs> <laughs> sitting out at sea on a boat somewhere. Please let's get some workers so I can get these shoes I ordered. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sure you. Well, I do have two pairs sitting out there right See? now. <laughs> Don't judge me. Hey, hey, but you guys, you know, uh, we talked about a lot, a lot today around uh, around this help wanted topic, and it's not just you know from the low wage positions, but it's at the upper level also. Uh, all in all, is that the, those that you have, how are you taking care of them? Yeah, you know, yeah. how are you retaining or how are you retaining that group of people so they that your organization can still flourish? Whether that's the YMCA, whether that's the for profit companies, uh, you know, whatever it may yeah. be, uh, we all have to play a role in um, step in and make sure that we're retaining our staff that we have, taking care of them. Um, and then also, you know, finding those niche groups out there uh, because, you know, the wage thing is seeming like it's not as much of a problem right. uh, because everybody's having to raise their in, uh, their wages up. I mean, Burger King's paying $16 an hour. If you go to Bucky's, Bucky's is paying $20 I an hour. I love Bucky's. Yeah. And I so, would go a moonlight at Bucky's. I mean, so. I love Bucky's. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you guys for listening to Help Wanted today and uh, listen to the Cosmetic Podcast. Where we're tackling topics and we're telling the truth. Hey, subscribe and listen to us weekly. And don't be shy. Give us a five-star review. And as always, be dynamic, be phenomenal, be cosmetic.